figure we just hop right to it. I mean, the, yeah. the tagline of this this whole convo is kind of your background with being at a mega church. I, I won't steal your thunder too much. Um, I figure just walking through your journey of deconstructing and, and reconstructing faith as it pertains to that particular experience. But I think where I want to take us first is maybe present day and kind of starting with, at you know, to date, the final product. And then maybe we can go on a journey of like everything that's kind of culminated up to this point and how it's affected you for better or for worse. But um, take me through kind of present day Noah, kind of as it pertains to church, um, your community, where your perspective with faith is, and then we can see where it goes from there. Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. It's so interesting to think from now backward, because I'm always doing the opposite or like, like looking back um but like from uh starting from like 10 years ago and then kind of trying to pace forward so I don't think very often about where I am now mm -hmm. so that's like a good challenging question for me to reflect on I guess um yeah I mean full disclosure to all the listeners I uh we go to church together so there might yeah, be we do <laughs> <laughs> a, a bias there uh in this conversation um but yeah, we go to a local church in East Hollywood, like pretty small group of folks. Um, but for me, that's kind of what drew me to the church is that it's like very community centric. Um, I feel like I know everyone in mm -hmm. like a big way or a small way, mm -hmm. um, which kind of like differs from that like a church experience. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, where I am now is like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go a little bit back, but this time last year, I applied to grad school, mm. and so did my partner, and we both got in, and we were planning to move to D.C., mm. and one of the big reasons why we stayed in L.A. is actually because of our church community. Mm. Um, we really started to get plugged in and found a like, good home mm -hmm. at church, um, and we're really sad to leave it. So when we mm. decided to stay, it made the, the most amount of sense. Mm. Um, and I think that's a testament to like how strong the community is at our church. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like that type of just the perfect matching of where I, I feel like people can come as they are. I mean, mm. all churches say that, come as you are. Right. Um, but I think people can come like from their specific faith points and everyone kind of meshes together to make this perfect growth moment mm. where like everyone is everyone is able to come along on the ride that the other person is on if that mm. makes sense mm. so I mean for me in terms of faith I've grown a lot um in the last decade mm. um and I think I'm much chiller now um yeah I used to be like a fanatic um but not <laughs> that I love Jesus any less uh, but I'm much chiller now. So, I mean, from a faith standpoint, yeah, I'm really trying to show up in the world from a faith standpoint in a quieter way, if that mm. makes sense. Mm. Like, I want people, when they meet me, it's almost like a joy of mine when people mm. meet me and they're surprised that I have a faith aspect, mm. um, only because a lot of my friends really value me and value my opinions and the way that I show up for them mm. and I think that surprising factor almost reveals Jesus in and of itself 
mm. of like, hey, I've been showing up for you for like the last six, 12, four years. Mm. You are learning this now. And mm -hmm. it's, um, it's really becoming apparent to you why I am the way that I am, mm -hmm. but also separating um, something that I call the big C church mm. from uh, the little C church. Um, so really, I think for me, a lot of everything that I'm trying to do is like rebuilding that community aspect mm -hmm. and trust aspect of people who haven't been in faith before, mm -hmm. um, kind of through the way that I show up in the world and the work that I do specifically. So mm -hmm. that's kind of where I am trying to be like a, a silent storm of a person when it comes to faith and really mm -hmm. just doing that by showing up for people in my mm -hmm. work and in my personal life. If that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. I mean, so the thought that comes to mind is on some level, I think we, with some of our behaviors, we tend to live as a reaction or response to something that we want to impact or bring change to. And when I hear you talking about being a quiet storm, being, showing up for people, it's a bit unfair because I know your story and I know where you're coming from, but I'll throw out the kind of softball question of what is that a response to with what you talked about with the Big C Church and feel free to talk about your experience and, and everything that's kind of preceded up to present day Noah and what are you responding to and what are you hoping to impact? Yeah, I mean... I'm sure there's like tons of comments on like overheard LA about everyone in your church hurt or mm -hmm. everyone in your church experiences. Yep. And um, I think where I'm coming from is kind of having this unique vantage point of someone who is like highly involved in the mega church space mm -hmm. um, and like really believed in it mm -hmm. and then walked away from that and then briefly walked away from faith entirely and then found faith for myself and then like have come to a place like our church. Um, so I think for that quiet storm thing is having a deep understanding of the pain and sometimes trauma that has come along with the big C church. And mm. what I mean by like the big C church is like almost like the political machine of the church, mm. right? Like this proper noun, um, like, body type of thing mm. whereas like i feel like and people might think the converse like big c church should be like the church in and of itself and like the body of christ and like all these things but mm. i think when you think about the little c church and when i imagine little c church it's like those micro communities where mm. like jesus really shines through you mm. know mm -hmm. and so i'm like hyper aware of like the both the joys and the pain that have come with folks being involved in this, what is sometimes a hyper-political, business-driven, highly emotional setting mm -hmm. um, that can do a lot of good for a lot of folks, but also does a tremendous amount of harm. And I, when I'm interacting with people, I'm kind of coming with that vantage point of like knowing what my experiences were like and how well they went, how badly they went and trying to really shepherd people into a relationship with Jesus more deeply, no matter how it went, if that mm. makes sense. Mm. Yeah, 
there, there's a lot there. I mean, what are some of those experiences that you feel like you've gone through that you are now using to kind of pass on to the next like group of folks? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I am from the South uh, and I went to, I mean, there are a ton of evangelical megachurches in the South. So I'm not gonna designate myself <laughs> where I'm from or which church because you can just pick one. It is probably the same yeah. story for like mm. the same one that I was at. Um, but it was, I went to, so after my freshman year of college, um, I bombed. I like bombed my freshman year of college. Um, I had like a lot of mental health struggles and essentially second semester just didn't go to class. Mm. Um, well, I went some, but <laughs> I didn't go a lot and I didn't perform as well as I had been. And um, so it like became apparent that I need to take a break. Mm-hmm. And I came home um, and was sitting in a church service and they basically were like, hey, we have this leadership internship thing if you feel called to be in ministry, we're like accepting applications, you mm. should totally do this. Mm. And I was like, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. Like, this makes sense. Like, this is what God has called me to do. I don't have like any future for the next year. Um, so I'm just going to put all my eggs in this basket and apply and like do it. Um, but <laughs> now that I look back, there are like a lot of not red flag but orange flags like mm. the the cost of being in the program was like mm. semi-exorbitant <laughs> so they were making money off of this yeah they were a hundred percent making money off of this and um also like once getting into the program there were a lot of things that were just like at the time i was like this is great we work out every day and mm-hmm. now I'm like, why should we have to work out every day? <laughs> like mm. running laps around a huge parking lot in southern humid heat. Like, wow. It, it, it's like, <laughs> am I really doing this for Jesus? You say I am. Um, but am I really doing this for Jesus? Like, right. I get that my body is a temple, but come on, guys. Yeah. Um, so now I like look back and, and then even like becoming involved with like seeing how a church of that size operates Mm -hmm. um and the production while i was there i was doing creative ministry Mm. um and that's like the whole production side of the church so like Mm. coming up with graphic design and like shooting and editing video for all the like sermons and like doing lights and all this stuff so Mm. the whole production was what i did um and you were in it i was in it yeah (laughs) that that probably gave me like I'm actually very thankful that that was my experience because I think I was closest to the business side of things. Mm-hmm. Whereas like folks who were like on the youth ministry team or like missions team or worship team, they were like more drilled in on those things. Mm-hmm. But being on the in creative ministry kind of gave me a, a big viewpoint mm-hmm. into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I was in that, I was like, create like it was like almost fanatical and Mm. i don't know if that's like a good thing Mm. um there was a summer where i would go to church serve i would serve at one service go to another service Mm. 
mm-hmm. and then drive three hours across state to go to a different church. Wow. Just to go to their service, like have food, go to their service, do that, and then drive back home. So wow. it was like a super intense thing that I was a part of for a while. But ultimately, being able to be that close up for that long mm-hmm. really put like put a bad taste in my mouth the more that I learned. Mm. Um, because like churches should, I mean, there's like operational aspects, yeah. but like never, I believe, should a church feel like a business or like, like, why does a church need to know how much money you make? Mm. You know, like yeah. certain things like that, um, really made me question what was happening specifically like in the evangelical space. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I like left, um, the South and I came out here to go to USC and maybe like two years into being here, trying out other mega churches in LA. I was like, mm. I cannot do this anymore. Mm. And I remember this day very clearly, but mm. I texted my best friend who we met at freshman ministry where mm. I went to college for my freshman year. And I was like, listen, love you. Can't do this Jesus thing anymore. Like wow. I'm out. Like wow. I just got so fed up. I was like, this is, yeah. I can't, like, I've seen all of this bad stuff happen. I can't do it anymore. Mm. And if these people are associated with Jesus and they're, like, together, mm-hmm. then I can't be a part of this in and of itself. Mm. Um, so that's really, that's a lot of what influences me when I'm, like, coming, like, to meet people um, in my day-to-day. Because everyone has perceptions of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, either they're like, well, oh, those Christians who do that thing. Yeah. Um, or um, they have a lot of pain. Or they're like, this is the best thing in the world. I would never stop doing this in my life. I know all those people. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of trying to show up in a big way for all those people and just being myself and doing what I know best. But yeah. What's what's interesting is I as I hear you telling the your your megachurch background, your you moving on or needing to move on wasn't necessarily due to the sheer hours and effort and all the workouts and all the like that's crazy in of itself. Like driving six hours round trip in one day, doing summer workouts, which like is this a sport? Like all this stuff, right? (laughs) It wasn't that what it sounds like it was it was more the 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 moment like the political moments that were happening as you were participating in the mega church i mean take me more into that like like whatever you feel comfortable sharing like as you're doing all these things like putting out all this effort what what was what were you seeing in the people around you that kind of made you think like hold on this might not be for me yeah, I mean, there was, like, not an environment of criticism. Mm. Like, you couldn't criticize what was happening. Mm. And it almost, I don't want to use the word cult, because that's very strong. A very strong word. But I'm going to say cult-esque. Like, it kind of had, like, this, yeah. we are all drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm. And if you ever act like you're not drinking the Kool-Aid, then you're going to be, like, kicked out and fall from grace. Mm. Um, type of situation wow. and so like seeing people who ask questions or question things or didn't really want to do things and I was always brought back to your faith mm-hmm. you know or not having strong enough faith or not being willing to 
go big in your relationship um, with God, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. like you said, what does this exercise that you have to do with me and Jesus? Mm-hmm. And nothing. <laughs> like, you know, now I know. Right. Um, but like back then, it was like just really seeing all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even like hearing like private conversations and like all these things and like having friends who went on mission trips and the only things that they could talk about is like what happened for them you mm. didn't see any glorification for like the neighborhoods that you know like that's a conversation like, in of itself man yeah. short-term <laughs> missions 100 percent. yeah um <laughs> but like yeah i mean there's just so much that happened um and just the tremendous amount of money mm-hmm. that you know was being poured into you have like 30,000 people going to like X amount of campuses. Mm. Um, that's just a, a money train. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it is. Um, mm. And do churches need cafes and bookstores and um, merch? <laughs> and merch. <laughs> Even though I'm really trying to get us those tote bags. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, do we need all, should, should it be so rooted in capitalism and consumerism Hmm. and like, even like the production quality of the service, like, why do you need the frills and bells and whistles and all these things Mm -hmm. to get people to love Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So that was a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Appreciate you sharing, man. Um, Sure. Yeah, so we, we kind of brushed up. You you were taking us through all, all the stuff you were doing while in ministry school, and then you telling your best friend, "Hey, like, I can't do this anymore." We kind I kind of brushed over that, but take us through that moment of you're at this point where, like, in your words, like you just you didn't want anything to do with faith or Jesus. Take us through like that state of mind, and then obviously we'd love to hear how you've begun to how you went about deconstruction and then how you reconstructed from there. But yeah, take us through that moment. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I think a lot went into it, like lots of years of trauma, mm-hmm. like from like Southern Baptist upbringing to this like mega church experience mm-hmm. to seeing the people who are actively pursuing certain groups represent the faith that I was like claiming to be a part of. Mm-hmm. It was just a lot that like compounded on each other mm-hmm. I just got fed up very quickly yeah um and for me I mean not to like say to walk away from God I'm not saying that but for me the break I'm gonna call it a break yeah the break from hyper spiritualism mm. was so good for me Mm-hmm. Um, because it allowed for me to carve things out on my own terms, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so I was like able to say no. Mm. And what a lot of people fail to remember is God gives us the option to say no. Mm. Like we don't have to, like we can draw close to him and he will meet us in that. Mm-hmm. But also, he's not going to force us to do anything. Mm. Like, that is not how it works. Yeah. And so, really being able to say, like, 
I'm not gonna do this right now. And I'm going to pour my energy. I mean, I was a neuroscience major at the time. So I was like, I'm going to pour mm. my energy into my research and mm. becoming a doctor. I'm not a doctor, you guys, but <laughs> pour my energy into becoming becoming a doctor right. um, was like super helpful for me. And then I started taking all these classes and doing all these things and like exploring all these different avenues of knowledge. Mm. Um, and what really happened for me as I started to chase my pursuits and my passions and my interests via academia mm -hmm. is that I was able, like, oddly enough, all these things that I knew to be true of God started showing me mm -hmm. in the weirdest ways. Like, yeah. you're reading philosophy about existentialism, and you're like, mm -hmm. wait a second. I'm, like, having these thoughts about faith and religion and God. And so it all started to like come together for me yeah. in a very like secular worldly way. Mm, or as like wow. all this like secular world, I hate worldly, but I guess like secular academic teaching um, uh, really started to reveal itself. Not to use a buzzword, but like I was, <laughs> I was reading about critical race theory, which yeah. No one reads an undergrad, but my mentor had given me a book for graduate mm. school. So I was like yeah. doing some pre-graduate school reading mm -hmm. and just really doing that work and looking at racial reconciliation work and all this stuff, like mm. prison abolition. I was like, wait, this feels a lot like what I thought Jesus was. Mm. You know, this feels wow. like a lot of like where I feel like the church should be. Wow. Um, and really getting able to do that and also study gender studies and like kind of looking at the, the evolution of like women's rights and also LGBTQ folks and like all of this tremendous amount of hurt and burden, mm. but also beauty in the world. I was mm. like, wait, wait a second. Like I, I feel like I need to, I feel like I need to be in these groups and helping mm. these communities. And I feel like Jesus would have been with these groups as well. Mm. Like Jesus would have been hanging out with all the people who are being oppressed in current mm. society. Um, and then I was able through that mini deconstruction to come to a greater deconstruction and, mm. and really be able to start to reinvest back in my faith, but mm. do it on my own terms for the first time in my life. Because mm. when you're born into a family where your uncles and your grandfathers and your mom are all ushers and deacons and they're like running about right. and you spend like five days out of the week at church and you're like right. drowning in it like being able to say wait a second like i want to do this for me and it has nothing to do with anybody else hmm. um and it's this is just about me and jesus yeah um was like the very best thing um, yeah. it really allowed me to like continue forward and have a lot of the priorities that I have today. Yeah. See, I think that's really cool. I appreciate you sharing. I, I think your, your deconstruction story is really cool because I hear a lot of, that word deconstruction is definitely stigmatized in some negative sense where I think anecdotally, I see a lot of Christians walk away from their faith in the name of deconstruction and it often manifests itself as like rebellion of like freaking out. Hey, I, I like not only want to step away from church, but I hate church. I hate Christians. Um, very like broad strokes. But when I hear you talk, 
it's your your journey is more more stepping away to educate yourself to kind of step out of that world to double check like hey is this actually for me and what do I actually believe and so I think yeah your your process there is refreshing and it's something that ultimately has led to you coming back to faith but what would you say to someone who's either considering deconstruction or in the middle of it yeah well um I prayed this prayer for a few years and I think it kind of came to unfold Mm. um, while I was in that process of like coming back to faith. Mm. Um, But a prayer that I prayed was like different iterations of like, show me your face Mm. or let me see your face Mm. or allow me to see you and your people, like different iterations, that sort of thing. Um, And in doing that, I think, years down the road when I hit this process mm-hmm. the only thing that was really helpful to me was not forgetting what it's about mm. you know like if you really are in this process of deconstruction and you're trying to figure all of these things out at the core you can't forget why you're trying to figure it out yeah right mm-hmm. and what's at stake really um, not to get into like a heaven and hell and eternity and salvation conversation, but that is also another discussion. Yeah. Um, but like really what's at stake is God and his people. Mm. And if you lose sight of that and it becomes this super heady thing mm-hmm. um, and you forget who you are, not even in Christ, but just who you are, mm. um, not that you can really separate those things, but mm-hmm. like if you forget why you started this journey and allow it to be a pure experience where you're really trying to find mm. God and his people and find out what that means and letting it all boil down to that, mm. then I think it will be ultimately a fruitful experience. But if anyone yeah. comes to the process being like, F this, I'm done. Right. Like. I'm going to go read tons of books mm-hmm. and try to prove God wrong. <laughs> it's going to be like, okay, like you will find a way to talk yeah. yourself out of right. it. Right. You will. Yeah. People do it all the time. Yeah. So um, that can't be the way. Mm. It has to be like, okay, I grew up with this or there's something here or I have this pain, but I don't necessarily want to abandon this concept. Mm-hmm. How can I find a way to love God and his people the most authentically while mm-hmm. still keeping the parts of myself that were hurt or damaged or mm-hmm. um, that have been hurt or damaged and allowing those to be shining through? I mean, yeah. also not to be like off topic, but like even like people of color, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think all the time, about and I talked to our pastor about this very briefly, but I think all the time about like a lot of Christianity for Black folks derives from being hit over the head with Christianity when we got here. So what does that even mean? How do you go to find Jesus from that point? So it's like even like looking at that wide scope of like different pain points, um, it always has to boil down to like, I know this thing or I have a feeling of this thing, or this thing has been true for me at some point, how mm. do I get back to God and his people? Yeah. Point blank. 
Yeah. 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 Definitely. I and I and I love that. One thing that comes to mind is as you were talking about deconstructing and the other side of the coin is like reconstructing, bringing it back to present moment of you and I'll throw myself in there. We we love the church we're going to and you haven't gone through the journey you have. I feel like you're in a really fortunate, maybe even lucky position where you found you have found a community where you don't feel like you're in that mega church setting anymore. And I mean, for goodness sake, like you didn't, you could have moved somewhere else, but a primary driver being the church, you stayed behind. So what do, what do people do as they're seeking and finding and praying like, Hey, where, where do I find community? And like, what would you say to those people as they're seeking to get plugged back into a healthy expression? Yeah. Wow. You know, <laughs> I hate to be the person who's like, don't go to a mega church. <laughs> I don't want to like that to be the general gist of this conversation. Like sure. Noah hates mega churches. Right, right. I mean, I have a lot of opinions. Yeah. But I mean, really and truly, the hope and good is show up for people. Hmm. As yourself. So the hmm. ultimate goal is where can I go hmm. where I can be myself, hmm. whatever that is, ask the questions that I need to ask, whatever those are, and find a community. If you can go to a mega church and be yourself and ask questions hmm. and find community, then please go and do that. Hmm. Um, but those should be like the steps anyone really takes to break. Like, what is it like reintegrating back into the, assimilating into the reassimilation? Yeah, <laughs> assimilating feels like bad. Yeah, um, it's kind of. A, but yeah. I'm going to say Stay integrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, reintegrating back into the church, um, and really, yeah, looking. I mean. I would approach it like finding a good restaurant, mm. you know, like love restaurants. You, we love restaurants. Um, if if you like hop online and you see all these great reviews, then that's like mm. okay, maybe this yeah. is a good place, right? Mm-hmm. I'll go and check it out. Mm-hmm. You get there and you're like, there are a couple of good things in the menu. Like, mm, I'll come back and try it again. Mm-hmm. Then you go and you're like, you go a couple of times, two or three times. You have like some good meals, but this is, you know, then I would be like, what, what's happening here? <laughs> you know, like what? Oh yeah. Um, what, like, what do you need to, like, what is bad about the menu? Mm-hmm. Is it the chef? <laughs> is it the service? Mm. Is it the food itself? If any of those are like bad things, or is it like, or was it just a weird day, mm-hmm. you know? Or after going two or three or four or five times, you find a lot of quality things, mm. and then there are just some like, eh, then I think it's like worth trying out. Mm. But if it's like bad, or the chef is back there yelling at his staff, or anything, or it just feels like a bunch of frills then mm. that's probably not where you need to 
be eating or where your restaurant is. Yep. Um, so there's a car going off. Classic um, LA. Classic LA. Um, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, I can't believe I just gave that metaphor of like approaching church to like find a restaurant, but I think it works. Yeah. I see it, man. I see it. I let's let's kind of boil it down. It, it'll be kind of a um, I don't know, blitz question. Add, we'll we'll edit that out, but Give us, give us your green flags and give us your red flags for a church. Mm. Red flags. You go online and there's fine print. Mm. You go online and you want to find out what a church believes in. Yep. And there's like a lot of clicks to get to fine print. Mm. If that is the case, yeah. for me, that's a red flag mm-hmm. because it's up front, you're being like, come as you are. Right. We welcome everyone. You're like, you can be yourself here. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the fine print and it's like, but except yeah. X, Y, Z. Yeah. Or A, B, C, D, E, F, G. If there's fine print on any church where they're excluding any type of people, mm. uh, that's not biblical to me. Mm you can go and have a conversation, you know, like if they're outright on a website being like, no, if you live your life this way, you have no place in their church. Wow. I don't want to, I don't want to use the word heretical, but it's, it doesn't feel good. And yeah. that's not a place where I think anyone should like aspire mm-hmm. to be. Um, unless that's your jam and you want people to be pulled out. Um, but I think there are a lot of like, um, or another thing is if there's a wall between you and the pastor, mm. if you can't get to know your pastor, if you can't email them questions, mm-hmm. if you can't have access to your pastor, I'm not saying like y'all are having lunch every Tuesday, mm. but if there's like no access to your pastor or even like leadership staff, mm. that's probably also a red flag because mm. then it's hierarchical mm-hmm. um, and there's some that's like pointing to politics. Mm. Um, but I think there are a lot of green flags. You go and you love the people. Mm. Um, you go and there's like a common thread between the people that you meet, either from like a profession standpoint or like a belief standpoint or like a passion standpoint. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of overwhelmed by these different facets mm. um, and how well you mesh, not with everyone, but with mm-hmm. a lot of people. Because mm-hmm. that's like a side of community and a side where you can get plugged in. Yeah. Um, I would be, it would be um, bad of me not to say anything about like the uh, quality of teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're going and you're not being fed mm. um, or it's boiled down or watered down, or mm-hmm. even if it's like a, st- a style of teaching or type of teaching that you don't need present moment, Mm-hmm. Um, unless you can see the value in like getting there mm-hmm. um, then that's not a red or green flag it's just something to think about mm. um, will I be able to grow here yeah um, the style I hate the style teaching. that doesn't matter and not worship is also another thing right um, yeah am I able to experience the power of God and not to also be controversial with the Holy Spirit and um there it is really yeah there it is um, but yeah am i uh am i able to feel the power of the spirit while i'm at church mm-hmm. um, and him moving in my life through worship and prayer 
Yeah. Um, and are those important things to the church that you go to? Mm -hmm. um, those will also be like great flags for things to consider. I probably yeah. have a ton of others. Yeah. Um, I'll write a blog post. No, I'm just kidding. Please do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. A lot of good stuff, man. Um, well, I'll let you go. This is a lot of, uh, yeah, just pre appreciate you sharing just kind of end to end what, what, what your journey's been and where you currently are now. Uh, shout out to the East side, best part of LA, according to Noah. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is great. I mean, as a plug man, just, yeah, grateful for our friendship and just the relatively short time that we've known each other. I know that I've felt so seen and, and loved and heard and, and spurred on by, by you and your journey and what God's doing in you. And um, obviously gonna, gonna hope, hope to hang out a ton when I, when I move out there in a couple of weeks. Oh, so yeah, um, I'm going to yeah. be knocking at your door all the time. Wake up. Yeah.